Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining back here with us for this series, Fresh Start, really looking at how can we have a fresh start in 2021? Because as I said, I think that that is something that we all need, right? That's something we're all longing for. And so for this series, we are back here into our living room. Uh, We did this, if you're just joining with us, uh, we did this in the first lockdown, so it seems appropriate in this lockdown. That means I'll be here on my couch, and you'll probably hear comments from my wonderful videographer. So some of your dreams are already coming true in 2021. (laughs) Krista is back, and I'm sure we'll make comments through whatever else it is I'm about to be saying here today. Well, what are you talking about today? Today, what we want to talk about is something that, honestly, I think it matters for every single one of us. Today, I want to talk about worry and anxiety. Oh, I have a few comments on that. Yeah, I think we all do. Because I just think, I think if 2020 was anything, it was not only the year of COVID-19, can we put it this way, it was also probably the year of really increased anxiety and increased worry. So today I want to focus in on Jesus's words that I think are so incredibly applicable to all of us, where he says in Matthew 6, don't worry. That's what he says, don't worry. But if we are honest, and we can be honest in church, amen? Right? If we're honest with this, sometimes that is easier to say than it is actually easier than actually to do. And so today I want to take a look at how do we actually practice this idea of not worrying um, in a world that is full of worry, uncertainty, anxiety. Like, I mean, like today we're recording this on Wednesday, so we have no idea really what's happening next week with our kids and schooling and all of that. Oh my God. There's all sorts of this <laughs> stuff going on. You're likely feeling it as well. So how do we, in whatever space we might be in, find some freedom or be able to let go of the worry and anxiety that so often seems to creep upon us and to grab our hearts and minds? That's what I want to take a look at today. And before we jump into Jesus' words, I want to be clear that today my starting point is really theology. That I'm not talking as clearly as a therapist, as a psychologist, or a counselor. I'm not any of those. What I am is someone who's trained in the Bible. And so today I want to be focusing in on Jesus' words and what he says. And that's going to be our starting place. And that's going to be our place of really understanding and walking through this. And so to begin with, I want to make a few comments first on what anxiety and anxiety disorders are and also their prevalence. Because I think it'll just show us that this matters for each and every one of us. So the first thing I want to um, just, you know, recognize is that it is actually quite normal for every single person at some point, shape or form to experience anxiety or worry, to feel overwhelmed, to feel stressed or all those sort of things. This can happen, I don't know, at many different times and seasons in really challenging seasons when there's trauma or even under like little things, like maybe you're trying to do, I don't know, like online schooling on Tuesday and the internet across the world seems to break or whatever. (laughs) Like, Like things both little and small can cause anxiety. Uh, But anxiety disorders are a little bit different. I want to read to you a definition of anxiety disorders. And this will matter uh, for us to understand how prevalent anxiety disorders are in our world. An anxiety disorder refers to the persistent and seemingly uncontrollable and overwhelming anxiety that often interferes with daily activities and everyday situations. So while all of us at times do feel anxiety and worry, anxiety disorders are those seemingly uncontrollable and overwhelming anxiety that often interferes with our daily activities and everyday situations. And I bring this up because I want to read to you some of the statistics on anxiety disorders, okay? That according to the National Institute of Health, nearly one in three of all adolescents aged 13 to 18 will experience an anxiety disorder. Or, um, we're talking about adults, it affects up to 20%, so one in five, with only 35% receiving treatment. And I bring up these numbers because what I want us to point out is just this, that all of these numbers are pre-COVID numbers, okay? And that what some researchers and counselors and therapists are saying, that in COVID, these numbers are actually tripling or quadrupling, because I don't think you need to be a researcher to agree with this, that COVID-19 is actually making the impact of anxiety and worry far more worse and far more increased in our world. 
You've likely maybe even experienced that or seen that, whether it's within yourself or within someone that you know and someone that you love. I think that, honestly, 2020 and COVID-19 are increasing our sense of worry and anxiety. And so today, today what I really want to discover to have that fresh start is to discover what Jesus says about it and how we might even live free from it. Because can we just be real with this? Worry and anxiety aren't helping us, right? I, I should be upfront with this, and Chris will probably agree. I am someone who is well acquainted with the struggles of worry and <laughs> anxiety. Oh, yeah. I have um, maybe a prevalence or preponderance towards it. So today, when I'm talking about being free from worry and anxiety, I'm really speaking about something that I know I personally need. And so whether you personally need it or you're, you know, know someone who does, which I think we all will, uh, today's sermon really matters for us. So let's jump into Jesus' words with what he says about worry and anxiety. He says this. He says, that is why I tell you to not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Hear that? He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of heaven above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. If that, honestly, is that not a verse for like 2020 and 2021? Like today's trouble is enough for today. I want to take a look at all of this. And I actually want to work through every single one of those verses. So today, there's going to be a lot of content, but then I do want to get to practically how can we actually experience some freedom from anxiety and worry that seems so prevalent, not only in our world, but also within our lives. So I want to begin with the very first thing that Jesus says. Jesus says this. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. And here when Jesus says not to worry, the Greek word there is merimano. And what it literally means is to divide or to separate or to distract or to draw something in different directions. Because isn't that what anxiety and worry does? It draws us in different uh, directions. It divides us. It makes us feel so uncertain and so worried and so overwhelmed. That's exactly what worry does. I want to be clear with this as well, that in the Greek, when Jesus says, I tell you not to worry about these things, he is talking to people who are already worried. Okay? That's what Jesus is actually referring to, to people who are already worried. And here's why this matters. Because Jesus here is not talking to people whose life is already going amazing and just saying, hey, don't worry. He is talking to people with real life challenges, with real life needs. And he says, I know you're worried, but even in the midst of this, you're going to have to let go of this worry. And here's why I think this is hopeful. Because what we know about Jesus' people that he's talking to in that day and age is just this. Did you know that the average lifespan of a male in that day and age was 29 years old? Did you know that 90% of people lived at the subsistence level, which meant that they are just barely eking out a living. They're barely able to survive. They don't know where the food is coming for their next meal from. Did you know that 1% of the population owned 50% of the land, which really meant that it's impossible to make their way forward. So here, when Jesus says these words, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, he is talking to people with real worries about everyday life, like real legitimate worries about everyday life. 
And here's why this matters so much. And for me, it brings real hope to me. Because when Jesus says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, what this means is, is that he's talking to real people with real challenges, which means whatever it is he says next is meant to help real people with real challenges. That if, if in the past year you've had some experience with worry or anxiety, where it has gripped your heart, where maybe you've been unable to sleep, or your thoughts are just going on repeat and in a loop, Jesus wants to talk to real people with real issues, with real needs, and to show us how we might live free from the grip of worry and from anxiety. So I want to continue to pay attention to what it is that Jesus says, because this is meant to help real people like you and real people like me about experiencing some freedom in the midst of everyday life. And so Jesus continues, and he says this to people in the grip of anxiety. He says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. He says this kind of rhetorical question, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? To which we say like, yes, of course, life is more than food or your body more than clothing. But also, like at one level, that's kind of a ridiculous statement to make. I'm not saying Jesus is ridiculous. I'm just saying, like, honestly, think about it. Isn't your life more than food and your body more than clothing? <clears throat> we would say yes to that, absolutely. But at another level, right, life is a little bit about food and clothing, right? Like, if you don't have it, you can't really live. So what's Jesus doing here? What I think Jesus doing, is doing here as really the master teacher, what he's seeking to do is to expand our vision. That's what these statements are meant to do. They're meant to actually expand our vision. Because here... And I'll speak from experience with someone who sometimes, um, or Kristen might say often, uh, struggles with worry and anxiety, is that worry and anxiety, what it does is it shrinks our vision. It actually limits our vision. It actually makes our vision myopic. What that means is, is that when we are worrying or feeling full of anxiety, we are focusing in on all that could go wrong, on all that is negative, on all that is bad. And here Jesus wants to give us some things to expand our vision, some different things to focus on, some more true things to focus on, some actual freeing things to focus on. And what Jesus is going to give to us in this passage is three things to really focus on that can provide us some hope, some freedom, and some healing, and even a fresh start from some worry and anxiety. And what he wants to teach us to look, up, look beyond kind of our present-day worries towards is this. He wants to teach us to focus in on the God who sees, the God who cares, and the God who gives. Okay? That's what he wants to help us to focus in on. The God who sees, the God who cares, and the God who gives. So I want to begin talking about this God who sees. And the first thing I think you would really notice if you paid attention to all that I read, to the scripture, is just this. That there is a real undercurrent and a theme of God being the one who sees us and notices us and knows what's going on. Right? This is the theme to all that Jesus is saying, is that God is aware of where you are at and what you are facing and what you are carrying. Listen to some of what he says. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, aren't, they far, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? He's reminding us that he actually knows what we're going through and that we are very, very valuable to him. He says far more valuable to him than they are. Or it says this, And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have such little faith? And here I think the undercurrent in this passage is just really this, is that the father that we follow, the father that Jesus reveals to us, is a father who is attentive to every detail and every part of our life. Okay, let me say that again, because I think this matters immensely if we're ever going to find any hope in the midst of worry or anxiety, that the father is one who is attentive to every little detail and every aspect of our lives. And here's why this matters, I just think so, so much. Because I know, at least for me, that when I get caught up in worry, when I get really like strangled by anxiety, what ends up happening is this, is that I start to think that I am all on my own. 
I start to think that nobody realizes what it is that I'm carrying, that nobody realizes what it is that I'm going through. I feel isolated and disconnected. That's what worry and anxiety do to me. And I think that's often what they do to so many of us. What worry and anxiety do is they whisper to us, you are on your own, when scripture teaches us so clearly that you aren't actually, because God knows, God sees, God notices what you are carrying and what you are going through. That is a clear theme in these passages that just as God sees the wildflowers and sees the birds, he also sees you and he knows what you are carrying and he knows what you are going through. And I think that this can give us hope. So one of the first things that I think Jesus wants to do to give us to focus in on, to expand our vision, is a God who sees and notices and knows. Because he knows you and he knows what you're going through. The second thing is, is that God cares. I think this is the second thing that Jesus really wants us to focus in on. That the Father above cares for you and he cares for me. Listen to what it says. It says this, Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in their barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? He says this, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And here, what I think we should realize really, really easily and quickly is just that uh, in this um, section, Jesus is teaching us that God actually gives, that God provides, that God is a generous God. Listen to what he says. It says that the heavenly father feeds the birds. This couldn't be any clearer that our God is actually someone who does give, who actually is gracious, who isn't stingy, but is actually full of generosity. That really, to put it in one way, is that the Father above is someone who provides and gives to his children. That's what this passage is getting at, that the Father above is someone who provides and gives to his children. As the text says, um, they don't plant, harvest, or store food in barns, for their Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? The obvious point is just this, is that you matter so much that just as God provides for the birds, he will also provide and give for us. This is why Jesus says, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Reminding us really that God will give and provide to us too. In essence, in this passage, what I think Jesus is trying to do is trying to remind us that God sees, but also that God is, is a giving God, that God gives. And he's really inviting us to actually place our trust in the provision of the Father rather than the protection of worry. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to shift us, to help us to realize this, to place our trust in the protection of the Father and the provision of the Father rather than the protection of worry. Because I think what worry does is it often says to us really loudly, or I'll speak for myself, it says to me really loudly, like, follow me and I'll keep you safe. Follow me and things will go well. Follow me and I will make sure things end up going good. That's what worry does. It makes us think that if we just listen to worry, it will help something. But can we just be real with this? Worry doesn't really help anything. That's actually what Jesus says, where he says this, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Worry doesn't really do or help anything. Instead, what Jesus wants us to do is to transition and to shift our focus to the Father who actually can do something for us, which is provide, which is give, which is lead and guide us, that this passage is just so, so clear, that the Father is one who gives and provides and worry doesn't. So we should trust in the Father, the one who does provide for us in need, the one who does know all that we are carrying, and the one who does give to us, even in the midst of difficulty. But I want to notice something that I think is also key in this passage, and it's also clear, that trusting in the Father for provision doesn't mean we don't put in any energy, work, or effort. Okay? That trusting in the Father for provision doesn't mean we don't put in any energy, effort, or work. Because if you think about it, like birds, they're very busy creatures. Right? They are constantly doing things. They are constantly moving about and expending energy. But what birds don't do is worry about the outcome of that energy. They trust instead. 
That's what uh, Jesus is getting at, that we should have the same attitude with God, that we should trust that he will provide for us, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And I think that also needs to be pointed out. That remember, when Jesus is inviting people to trust God for provision, to trust God the Father for giving, he's inviting people who are in a real difficult situation. Remember, 90% of the people Jesus is talking to live at the subsistence level, which means they have no idea where their next meal is coming from. Yet even in this, Jesus is inviting them to trust in the provision of the Father. Because here's what Jesus is, never does. Okay? Jesus never denies the harshness of the reality of life. Because life sometimes, can we be real with this? Life sometimes is hard. Life sometimes is harsh. Life sometimes is difficult. Jesus never denies that. But what he does deny is that worry can ever help you through that. That worry will ever lead you through the harshness or the difficulty of life. Instead, the only thing that will help us, even in the harshest reality of life, is trusting in the Father and his provision and his giving and his goodness towards his creation. That's what Jesus is inviting us to focus in on, to move away from worry and our lack and instead to the Father and trusting him and his giving and his goodness. That's what Jesus invites us to in this passage. And then the last uh, thing that we see, the last kind of area that uh, Jesus wants us to focus in on is not only a God who sees and not only a God who gives or provides, but also a God who cares. I want to read to you this last section. It says this, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his uh, glory or beauty was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And it says this, And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, listen to this verse. It says this, He will certainly care for you. He will certainly care for you. He will certainly care for you. I think some of us, even today, we just almost need to rest on that verse. You just need to hear that verse as the word of the Lord to you, that he will certainly care for you. Because what does worry and anxiety do? It convinces us that we are on our own and that no one cares for us. But the truth of Scripture and the truth of what Jesus is saying is that God the Father cares for you. He loves you. He notices you. He knows what you are going through. Listen to how absolutely unequivocally clear Jesus is. He says, He will certainly care for you. Is there anyone today who could just say that they could use some care from the Father? They can maybe just say amen to that. That in all that we are going through, you could just use some of that. Because here Jesus is promising that, that he will certainly care for you. I think this matters for us. I think it matters for me as well. So what we see in this passage is something I think is really clear, is that Jesus wants to expand our vision beyond just worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety, they shrink what we think about, and they just notice our lack. Right? But what Jesus wants to remind us of is that we have a Father who sees us, we have a Father who gives to us, and we have a Father who cares for us. And because of this, because of this, we can actually live differently. We can live with trust guiding us rather than worry and anxiety because guess what? God cares for you, he sees you, and he will provide for you. And these themes actually get emphasized in the very last few verses as well. So Jesus ends with these words. He says, so don't worry about these things. Don't worry about these things. Don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Right? So he is a God who knows, who notices, and who sees. And he cares for your needs. He cares for them deeply. And then he says this, And seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He will provide for you. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. 
And when Jesus says these words, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I think what Jesus is really pointing out is just this, that we need to live in his way of living. We need to live in the rhythm of the kingdom, really focusing in on that father who gives, who cares, and who actually sees what we are going through. Jesus here is not really saying something that is a quid pro quo kind of a thing. He is not saying that unless we put God first, God isn't going to give to us. That isn't actually in the character of God. God is generous. God is good. And all good things come from him. James is incredibly clear on this. What Jesus is instead trying to teach us is that when our priorities are out of whack, when we don't seek God and put him first and actually trust in the Father who loves, who cares for us, who sees us, and who gives to us, what ends up happening is we won't actually be able to receive what God has for us. We'll live closed off and unaware of all that God has for you and all that God has for me. So I know we went over a lot of verses today. Um, so what does this mean for us? Well, as we know, uh, whenever I preach, uh, that always have a main point. And what I think that this should remind us of is that in 2021, in a world that I think is still grappling with anxiety or worry, or at least it's a part of, I don't know, our house in some way, shape, or form, right? It's also likely a part of yours. Here's what I think we can build our lives on that can lead us into a fresh start. That we follow a father who knows, who cares, and who gives. That's what I want to let you know today. That I believe that this can actually change the trajectory and the direction of your life. That we actually follow a father who knows, who cares, and who gives. Or to put it differently in my main point here today, that we can stop worrying when we start trusting in the father who is giving, who knows, and who cares. That's what I want to invite you into today. That we can let go of worry when we start trusting in the father above who truly does know what you're going through, who cares what you are going through, and who actually gives and provides for you what you need. This is the change in focus that allows us to have a fresh start. Because as I said before, worry doesn't help with anything, right? Even Jesus says this. What does worry add to your life? Nothing. Instead, though, and so that we can live differently with a different focus in on the Father who actually loves us, who cares for us, who sees what we are going through, and then provides for us. And for me, for me, this is what I think I need in 2021. Because what I know, like personally, is that when I get in a weird loop of worry, when I get in a weird loop of anxiety, when I can't sleep, uh, do you want to know what doesn't help? <laughs> do you know what doesn't help, Krista Mills? Um, <laughs> what doesn't help is Krista often says, like, just stop thinking about it, right? Like, like, that, that doesn't help at all, right? But what does help, actually, is to be captured by something bigger, greater, and stronger than my worry, and that is the love of the Father who knows what you are going through, who cares for you, and then gives you what you need. That's what Jesus wants our hearts to be captured by. And when we place this Father first, when we place Jesus' kingdom first, then our fear and our worry and our anxiety, it'll fall to the wayside because we've been captured by something so much bigger and better than fear and worry and anxiety by the love of God the Father above us who sees what you're going through who wants to give to you what you need and is caring for you throughout all of that. So practically, practically, what does this mean for us here today? Because I think what many of us can just probably agree to or attest to is that worry and anxiety can be hard to shake from our lives. It can be hard to kind of let go or to not get caught up in it. So practically, what does this mean for us? Well, there are lots that can help us to actually live freely from worry or anxiety. There's lots of great therapy techniques or other things. But today I want to focus in, as I said, on Jesus' words. And what I think can really help us is to actually settle ourselves into those three truths that we talked about. That God sees and God knows, that God gives and that God cares. And so for me, what has been helpful is to be reminded of those th three things. So today, I want to give you those three phrases as something to help you, as maybe something to actually shift your focus when worry and anxiety creep in. Three things to remind yourself of based on these scriptures that God knows, that God cares, and that God gives. I want to share with you, at least practically, 
how this works itself out of, in my life. So the first phrase I want to give to us as something to repeat, as something to be reminded of, as something to really settle in on and to focus in on, is that God knows. Is that God, you know. Because here's what happens to me. As I said, somebody who is a little bit accustomed to worry and anxiety. Is that when I get in those spaces, I often, so often start listening to worry and anxiety, and I feel so utterly alone. I sometimes think that nobody else realizes what I'm carrying or what I'm going through. And then the really bad part is I feel like God is distant and that he doesn't know. So what I often do now is what I try to say is actually to just say this phrase out loud. God, you know. God, you know. God, you know what I'm going through. God, you know what I need. God, you know what I'm carrying. This reminds me and focuses me back in on the right things, which isn't my worry and my anxiety, but the God, the Father above, who cares and knows for me and wants to do the same thing for you. And so I want to invite you that whenever worry seems to creep in, to remind yourself and to maybe even say out loud, God, you know. God, you know that you aren't alone and he knows what you are carrying and he's actually with you. Eugene Peterson actually translates part of the verses that we read this way. He says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. That's part of our job. That's part of our focus. And for me to say, God, you know, it actually does that. It actually writes my attention towards God, which is what I know I need and likely you do as well. That to make it through worry and anxiety in 2021 and whatever 2021 might have for each and every one of us, it actually begins with making sure that we place our attention on God. And so for me, that little phrase helps me to remind that, that God, you know. So I repeat that when worry kind of creeps in. The other one I often repeat too is that God, you care. Because I think, I think worry and anxiety, what they do is they so often speak to us and they say that no one cares, right? You're all on your own. But what scripture unquestionably points to is that God is loving, God is caring, and God is knowing, and he is with you right now, whatever it is you're feeling. So sometimes when I get worked up with worry and anxiety, where I start worrying about the future or the church or people or, I don't know, as Chris can say, basically everything in general sometimes. What I say to myself is, God, you care. God, you care about what I'm carrying. God, you care about what is weighing me down. God, you care about the needs that I have because you are not alone and we need to be centered in on a God who actually not only knows us, but actually cares for us in the midst of it. And then the last thing that I say is also uh, that God gives or God provides. What I've often found for me is that worry often allows us to just focus in on what we are lacking, right? But if I say that God gives, it reminds me that our God is a generous God and to be looking for the provision that he might have. I think what worry often does to me is it tells me that the future will not be any better. It's only going to be worse or it's only going to be darker. I think that's what worry and anxiety often speak in vague ways. They never really say all that it's going to be. It's just, no, it's going to be worse. But what I'm reminded when I say that phrase, God gives or God is generous or God provides, it reminds me to look for the provision of God because our Father is one who does that. The text so clearly tells us that God gives. Listen to how Eugene Peterson translates it. I think it's absolutely perfect. He says this as his translation. I think it's absolutely great. He says, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both how God works and how he, uh, you both know God and how he works. So steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out and you'll find that everyday human concerns will be met. So for me, when I get into really stressful or anxious places, that's something I try to remind myself of. I try to remind myself of that God is good and that God gives and that I need to be watching for it and ready for it because our God actually cares for the birds and as he feeds them, he will feed and provide for us as well. That I think what I want to be guiding my life isn't fear or worry or anxiety, it's trust in the provision and the goodness of God. 
but practically, and not in theory, what does this look like? Well, I'm going to give you a really personal example because that's all I can give you is my own personal life. So I want to share with you how I got quite overwhelmed by worry um, the week just before Christmas. Um, Chris is laughing because, yeah, it was not a particularly great week. A bit stressful. A bit stressful. Up until that week, I think I was doing pretty good. Um, and then I don't know what happened, specifically the Monday before Christmas Eve um, and the announcements of the lockdown and all of that. I all of a sudden was just, I have not had anxiety and worry like that, I don't think, ever before. Um, Krista thought it was just everything, kind of the weight of all the stuff that's been going on, just kind of coming, I don't know, to a head. I was just, if I can be really honest and vulnerable, I was just tired of making decisions. I just, I just didn't want to make any more decisions. I wanted to make no more decisions for like another year. Uh, I found out that decision fatigue is a real thing, apparently. And when I heard about the potential lockdown, I just knew there was going to be more decisions to be made. And so I was driving into work that day, and I was listening to the radio, which was not a good idea. Um, because on the radio was everybody speculating about all the different things that could possibly be happening. And as I'm going through this, um, all of a sudden I start to feel anxiety creep in. You know where your chest starts to get really tight, and you start to get like worried and overwhelmed, and all these thoughts are pouring in? I start to be thinking through all the dozen different scenarios of what Doug Ford may or may not announce, and all the different decisions or options we may need to do, and how different groups of people will receive all of that. And I'm just, I'm weighing all of this in my mind. I'm just getting overwhelmed and overwhelmed and overwhelmed. And so I do what I often do in those situations. Some of you think I was going to say pray, but that is not actually, that's not actually honest. Sometimes when I'm really in those situations, the honest truth is I listen to worry and anxiety more, which I know is a wrong thing, but can anybody just be, like, agree with me and just say that sometimes it's hard, right? And so I start feeling like alone that no one knows what I'm carrying and all this other junk and that I'm not making this up. Almost like unconsciously or unbidden, certainly without any conscious thought, I say out loud those three phrases that we were just talking about. I say God knows, God cares, and God gives. And like, it wasn't totally unprompted in the sense that, this sounds ironic, but it's also true. I was working on this sermon that week on worry and anxiety, and, but saying those three little phrases helped me to clue back in to what is actually true in my life. That worry and anxiety don't lead me into life, and that God knows. I was feeling like alone as if God didn't realize what I was carrying, or that God cares, right? And that he was with me, or that God knows what I need and he provides and he gives and as I was driving to work, all of a sudden the obvious realization hit me that God will give me wisdom in whatever thing comes, because that is actually who God is. And so saying those three little words actually helped me to refocus away from my worry and onto the Father above who knows, who cares, and who gives. Now I have to be honest because I believe in being vulnerable and being honest with all this stuff. It's not like saying those three phrases magically made everything better, because you know what they would be then if that's what happened? They would be magic, like literally, right? But that isn't what they are. What those three phrases do, and for me, the reason I say them when I get worried or when I get anxious is because they remind me about what is most true in my life and is also most true in your life. That God knows, that God cares, and that God gives. And I think if we are ever going to make it through 2021 with a fresh start and whatever may happen, we need a foundation in the God above that Jesus reveals to us as the one who knows, who cares, and who gives. Now also, in full disclosure, as I was driving to work, I did say this out loud because I was in kind of a bad space. I said, God, if you're giving me anxiety just so I have a sermon illustration, I am out. <laughs> like, I am not, like, I am not doing this anymore. That's what I told him. I was like, but I bring this up because we should just name this, right? God is never the source of anxiety or worry. Amen? 
Think about this. God is never the source and he never gives anxiety or worry. He is never a part of them. And do you want to know how we know this so absolutely, crucially, centrally, and so obviously? Just follow with me. If Jesus, as the full revelation of God, wants to help us get free from worry, it doesn't come from God. Right? If Jesus, as the full revelation of God, wants to help us get free from the grip of worry and anxiety, God is not the source of worry and anxiety. So you don't ever have to worry that God is giving this to you. Instead, no, no, no. You have to turn your attention towards him to trust in the goodness that is above you and around you and within you, that our God above, our God above, that he loves you, that he knows you, that he cares for you, and that he gives to you. And I think this is what we need, a trust in that Father to lead us, not worry or anxiety to lead us. Because as Jesus himself says, worry doesn't add anything to our lives. It doesn't help us even get through the most difficult times of our lives. What does, what does is trust in the Father who knows, who gives, and who cares. And so that's what I experienced in a small way as I was driving to work on that Monday morning. Or all of a sudden just things shifted a little bit. And sometimes that's all we need for a fresh start is a little bit of a shift away from the worry and anxiety that can grip us and towards the Father and trusting in him who knows us and cares for us and who gives to us. So my challenge this week, my challenge is a hard one, especially for those of you who might be a little bit like me and have some, I don't know, predisposition of some sort towards anxiety or worry. But here's what I want to invite you into, to stop worrying and instead to focus on trusting in the Father who knows, who gives, and who cares. That's my challenge for you, to stop worrying, to let that stuff go, and to start really focusing in and trusting in the Father who knows, who gives, and who cares. And help us to experience that even today. To close, what I want to do is give you maybe just a few moments of worry-free today by reading to you those scriptures again from the message, just really hearing them. And I want to invite you to just let this settle into your heart. Let God speak to you in and through this. These are Jesus' words that he speaks to us. So let's really hear him today so that we might be free from worries uh, through uh, the ability to trust in the Father above who actually gives, knows, and cares. So Jesus says this, If you decide for God, Living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what is on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your uh, closet are in fashion. He says, there is far more to your life than food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. Careless in the care of God. And you count far more than the birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes much of a difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside of them. And if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildfires, most of which will never even be seen, don't you think that he'll attend to you, that he will take pride in you, that he will do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Do not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. So steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out and you'll find that your everyday human concerns will be met. He says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right here and right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you to deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. God will help you to deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And that's my challenge for you this week. 
to trust in the God who will do that and who will be with you and who knows what you're going through, who cares what you're going through, and will give and provide for whatever it is that you're going through. Would you join with me in prayer this morning? God, I ask for all of us who struggle with worry and with anxiety, I pray, Lord, for freedom. I pray, Lord, for there to be healing and hope and new life. I pray, God, would you just loosen the grips that that has on our hearts and on our minds, our bodies and our souls. And I pray instead, Lord, would we just be so filled with trust in you. Trust, God, that you know all that we are carrying. Trust, God, that you care for all that each and every one of us is going through. And trust in you, God, that you do provide and you are generous and you are gracious and you are good and you are giving. And I pray, Lord, that as we steep our lives in this reality of you, that we would see your provision, we would see your hope, and we would see especially your freedom from this and a fresh start with this in each of our lives this week. And I pray this all in your name. Amen and